Spooky season was in full effect this week. Let me be the first to wish you a happy Halloween. In Philly, Daniel Frankenstein Jones was hit by a bolt of electricity and broke loose from his chains. He was rumbling, bumbling, stumbling as he's being chased by the entire pitchfork-wielding townsfolk of Philadelphia for 80 yards. But the big, clumsy oaf tripped over his own feet before making it all the way. Frankenstein, Frankenstein was a scientist, Boom. You're thinking of Frankenstein's monster. Thank you, Teach. The leader of the Torch Bears was Carson Wentz, who finished with 29 points, beating Jones, who had 22. Speed matters when you're trick-or-treating. Just ask DeAndre Swift, who scored 15 pieces of candy this week. Kenny Galladay was taking candy from a baby, as he had 17. TJ Hawkinson had 17 of his own, including the biggest prize of the day, a game winner, as time expires. Calvin Ridley's Believe It or Not continues to blow the minds of fantasy owners as he had 15. Todd's costume was a bit early, but he gave fantasy owners goosebumps as he scored 22. What? The Battle of Ohio was played at Camp Crystal Lake after starting terrible and being pronounced dead. Baker Voorhees Mayfield returned to life and picked up picked off the Bengals secondary one by one. He stacked up 31 bodies during the game. Joe Burrow started the game hot and heavy, actually losing his 35-point virginity on Sunday. But what do we always say about people who have sex during a horror movie, TJ? They always get killed, Boom. That's right. They always get killed, TJ. The Bengals lost the game. Whoop! Nobody likes the Steeler on Halloween, and there was no exception this week in Tennessee. James Kahn artist swindled 14 pieces of candy on the day, while Deont, hey, that's my candy, Johnson, ate 29 pieces of his kid's candy and called it the dad tax. That'll teach him, Boom. That'll teach him, Boom. <laughs> Derek O. Henry let everyone, let down everyone who gave him a shot this week. That candy sucks, Boom. A.J. Brown never disappoints, and he came through with a king-size performance this week as he scored 27. <laughs> what? Um- Sammy Joel Osmond Darnold was so bad, he might again be seeing ghosts. The twist is, the dead people he's seen are anyone who drafted him in their fantasy team. Spoilers, boom. Sam scored three points. The ghost Tyler Bass was seeing was hunky Patrick Swayze, and he was making sweet love to the tune of 23 points. Nobody puts the lotion on the skin, or else it gets the hose again. Like Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Whoop! Bumble! In the Dome in New Orleans, fantasy zombie Drew Brees came back from the dead to score 24 points. Alvin Camaro is so committed to his Paul Wall costume, he wears his grill every day, and he scored 23 in this one. DJ, more candy, please, made two house calls and scored 25 pieces of candy. No matter what Teddy Bridgewater does, his costume will never be as gory as his knee injury. He doesn't let that stop him, though, as he connected with trick-or-treaters for 19 points. In the end, it wasn't enough. The Saints, the go, Saints marching. go marching. The Packers traveled to Houston and laid waste to the Texans. Devontae Adams' family was the second highest scorer this week with 45. Aaron Thing Rodgers only needed his hand to score 27. The Texans were moving as fast as Lurch. Watson had 24 and realized he didn't have it today. Cousin, that is. The Adams family might have done even better with a Wednesday, boom. That's right, Teej. Whoop! This week in our nation's capital, Texas was on the receiving end of a chainsaw massacre as the Washington football team lit up the Cowboys. Antonio Gibson chopped up the Cowboys defense, scoring 19, while scary Terry McLaurin had 22. Logan Thomas dressed up as a top five tight end for the week and scored 16. Good costume, Boom. Thanks, Deej. In the Battle of the Pirates, Las Vegas' ship was already sinking before the battle as COVID kept players out. The murderers stole Chucky and his team got slaughtered by the Buccaneers. The 50-year-old Tom Brady cannonballed his way through the Raiders' defense. He had a season-high 37 points. Mike Evans was last seen on a milk carton because the entire team did well, except for him. He went missing and only had six points. The Raid! 
Avengers. I have nothing no, no, to say. They were terrible. Whoop! Sometimes the best offense is a good defense. The Chiefs found four turnovers on their bucket at the end of the night, scoring 18 points. Fantasy owners thought Patrick Mahomes disappeared on this All Hallows' Eve. He showed back up, but had only 12. In, the, in this horror show, the Broncos were the first to die, and nobody could remember their name at the end of the movie. Whoop! In an L.A. graveyard, it was a thriller, thriller night between the L.A. Chargers and the Michael Jacksonville Jaguars. In a crazy back-and-forth game, Justin Herbert was the scariest killer thriller on Sunday, leading all QBs with 39 points. The rookie looks to be the best-selling album for a long time. James Brown Robinson said, I feel good, and had 32 points in the losing effort. Fumble! In an L.A. <laughs> trick or treat, it was both for Jeff Wilson as he lit up the Patriots for 32 points and a running back one finish before exiting with a high ankle sprain. Brandon Ayuk shocked everyone when he came out of nowhere to score 18. The Patriots were trapped in a house of horrors this week. Cam Newton struggled to three fantasy points before the operator took mercy on him and pulled him out of the game. Whoop! Oh! As my good friend Jay-Z said, Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, Locket, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. What do all these things have in common? Everybody knows they're motherfucking monsters. Tyler Lockett led everyone this week with 53 points. But the Cardinals and Michael Meyer Murray couldn't be killed as he used a machete to cut through the Seahawks' D and had 38 points himself. We finish in L.A. where the Bears ran out of smoke and mirrors this week and got ran out of town. The Rams' defense let out an evil laugh as they finished with 15. It was a night to forget for everyone else. What a disappointment, Boom. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> what? 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 Oh. <laughs> All right, that was the fastest two minutes by Levi Valentine and Trevin Cremosta, and this is the Fantasy Players Club. Levi is off tonight, working hard on something more important than this. So this week, you guys are stuck with me. Brent Hykus, and the Trevin Cremosta. Trevin, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. I can't imagine what would be more important than this for Levi, but <laughs> I guess everybody's got something else to do. Uh, but happy to be here. This is actually the first time me and you have spoken in person, or not in person, but actually uh, <laughs> voice. We've texted a couple times, but it's good to see you. I've been a big fan of your guys' podcast, so thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. And We'll see how we do without Levi. Um, hopefully the transitions will be smooth and hopefully we don't mess this up too much while he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw out some nerdy stats. You won't even know he's gone. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, um, before we get into the main event, um, week seven was a pretty fun week. Um, a lot of good games. Uh, really good Sunday night football game. I don't know if you watched that game. That was, that was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? I know you're a big Raiders fan. Um, you want to tell us what you're thinking about your Raiders so far this yeah, year? Yeah, I'm happy that they're three and three. The front load of the schedule was tough. Um, I, if, if we were three and three when I started the year, I was going to be happy with it. Uh, it's disappointing to lose that bad to the Bucks, but it wasn't unexpected that they would lose, I guess. And the Bucks look really good right now. Uh, they might be a top four or five team in the league. So yeah, it's not a bad loss. They got the good wins with uh, Kansas City and with the Saints. So. They got a chance to make the playoffs, and that's really all I could ask at the beginning of the year. So uh, hopefully the defense steps up some. Uh, hopefully the offense, offensive line comes back all healthy because that was very bad last week. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Uh, the rookies, I, Ruggs, I'm a big fan, but I wish he'd have some more volume. He does. He only has eight catches so far this year. They're all exciting, but I'd, I'd like to have a guy that can get that five catches a game, and hopefully he grows into that. But yeah. it's a, I'm happy with the team. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to see Ruggs get the ball a little bit more. And um, I, I'm an owner of Josh Jacobs in, in, a, in a dynasty league. I was hoping that he's kind of had a couple off games in a row. So 
Yeah, he hasn't been real efficient. His rushing per attempt is really low from what you'd want to see. But like I said, his offensive line hasn't been great all year. They've been in and out with injuries, and the whole offensive line was out last week with COVID contact tracing stuff. So mm-hmm. hopefully the line all is back to healthy and gets off the COVID list so they can push him around. But, yeah, it's a disappointing. His yards per carry is like 3.2 or something right now for the year. Yikes. Yikes. Hopefully that will improve, and it might once the line comes back. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our main event. And now for our main event. All right, so um, we will do what we've been doing the last couple weeks with the main event. We're going to talk about what we were, what we learned from this last weekend, and what to watch for next week, and what to do on the waiver wire. So we're going to start with what we learned and. A big thing that I took from last weekend was the injuries. There are some pretty pretty big players who got injured this past weekend, or maybe just some news about their injuries. Um, I'm just gonna list I'm gonna list them off here, and we'll we'll briefly talk about each one. Uh, Cars, Chris Carson is out for a few weeks. Um, Kenyon Drake is is expected to miss some time, maybe two weeks. I heard Odell Beckham will miss the season with an ACL tear. Chris Godwin, just I think yesterday in practice, he's going to miss this week's from this week's game. I think it's it just, wasn't in. Yep, yeah, it was an injury during the game. I just saw okay. uh, at the end of the game he broke his finger, and now he's having okay. surgery on his finger. So, uh, sorry to cut in, but it does. It sounds like they're saying he might be back in two weeks. But man, with a finger surgery, you don't. I don't know how the wide receiver would be back right yeah. away from that. So, That's, if I was an owner, I'd be worried he's going to miss more than the one week they're saying right now. Yeah, that's – I mean, I mean, you play wide receiver, you need your fingers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be big. And Jeff Wilson, got a, he got his chance. He's got his opportunity after Mostert got hurt, and he, he's going on IR now. So, um, he played good. He had 112 yards and three touchdowns. And then Austin Eckler, um, the coach came out and said last weekend that he's not close to returning. He didn't really give us a time frame, but – it isn't close to returning. Sounds like it's at least maybe another month. So um, hopefully um, he gets back soon. Looks like we're going to keep on having that tough question of whether to choose from Justin Jackson and um, oh, what's his face? Joshua Josh Kelly. Kelly. Joshua yep. Kelly, yep. And then Andy Dalton, he's out after, after that vicious hit. Um, Debo Samuel is going to miss a couple more weeks with, with another hamstring pull. So – the injuries were not kind to these players this past weekend. Um, what are your thoughts with Chris Carson and that Seattle backfield now? Uh, man, I was looking at the Seattle's offensive players, and they are just lighting it up. Russ Wilson's the number one quarterback in points per game. Uh, Lockett's the two receiver in PPR. Metcalf's the 13th. And then uh, Carson himself was seventh in points per game for running backs. So, uh, it's a big hit for anybody, but I'd be happy if I was a Hyde owner. It, I don't think anybody else is going to get the touches. Uh, I'm sure they'll get a couple, but I think Hyde's going to take the majority just judging on he's had 31 attempts so far this year. Homer's only at 18, and Dallas uh, has only had two. Yeah. And there's no uh, big efficiency differences. They're all right at four yards per carry. So I would say Hyde's going to get the majority of the carries. Uh, you got any? What, I know you, what have you, like DJ? Have you been a DJ fan? Yeah, I, I've always liked DJ Dallas. And, um, yeah, if I also heard that Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer are dinged up too. I, oh. think, I think at least one of those guys will play. I, I don't know who, but it, I'm thinking that it is going to be Carlos Hyde. Um, but I'd like to see DJ Dallas get some, get some snaps in there. I'd, I mean, I, I'd like to see what he can do. I, I know this past Sunday night he missed a crucial block and – that I was pretty disappointed in that. That was his, his opportunity. Um, but hopefully he gets another opportunity next week and takes advantage of it. Yeah. Um, so I guess my overall point with the Seahawks is if you've got that running back, they're going to ride. You, you're going to be happy, I think, because yeah. everybody's scoring. So I wish I had a crystal ball to know which one it's <laughs> going to be, but one of them's going to go, I think. I, I do think if Carlos Hyde is playing, he, he's definitely worth the start. I mean, he can probably get you a touchdown, maybe two. All right, Kenyon Drake. He's expecting to miss some time. You know, I love Chase Edmonds. What's it's? I mean, they have a bye week next week, so we're gonna have to wait two weeks. Um, what are your thoughts on Chase Edmonds? Um, I also like Chase Edmonds. I've got him in most of my leagues, and 
I, I don't think this is going to add up to him being a bell cow, though. He just doesn't, hasn't been that guy. Um, he doesn't get a lot of carries. He's only got four, car, four carries per game so far this year. Uh, he is a big reception guy. He's also had four receptions per game. I don't think he's going to get to that 15 carries mark, though, even with Drake being out. I, I don't think that's him. But you look at the rest of the team, and I couldn't believe this. There's actually no other running back on the team has a carry besides Edmonds, Drake, and Murray. So I don't know who's going to get the carries, but maybe it is Edmonds. But I don't think he's that guy. I, I think he'll get his carries up. He might hit 10. He'll probably get a, another reception or two. But um, Drake was at 22nd in PPR, and uh, Edmonds is at 23rd. So they're right next to each other. I'd expect Edmonds to jump up a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be like uh, Alvin Kamara all of a sudden or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And um, that third running back that we're thinking of is that might get some of those touches would be Eno Benjamin. He's a rookie running back from Arizona State. So that'll be interesting to see if if he'll if he'll steal some of Edmonds' touches. And and yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think they should give Edmonds more than 15 touches. I, I don't want. I mean, if he can't handle it, I don't want him to get hurt or anything. Then they'll be down to nobody at running back or that rookie that they got in the seventh round. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you. I don't want I don't want to see them try to make Edmonds the workhorse. Yeah, yeah. So if you, I'd be happy as an owner, but I I wouldn't be thinking he's going to be RB one all of a sudden. Yeah, Odell Beckham. Um, we'll, let's let's save the Odell Beckham talk for later on the show. We have a listener question. Um, that that will save all the Odell, Odell Beckham stuff for you guys. So let's sure. go ahead and skip to Chris Godwin. He's he's missing next week's game. Um, I don't think Antonio Brown will be playing this this next weekend. Um, so he's still suspended. Yep. So um, they'll have Mike Evans and um, who, who knows after that? Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. What do you think about those guys now that Godwin's out? I think Miller, it's barely been those three this year. Um, I think Miller's probably going to take over those catches. Uh, Evans, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't I, I don't think it's something wrong with between him and Tom Brady or anything. I just – I watched that whole Raiders game, and it's probably happened in most games where the teams are just doubling Evans and trying to make the other t- guys beat him because they had a uh, – Raiders starting cornerback was out, and Tampa Bay just went that way the whole time. It wasn't uh, – Evans didn't get yeah, – I think he caught two passes – but yeah. that was just because they just they'd rather pick on that backup cornerback. So, um, but yeah, and I think Miller is going to take over a lot of those catches from Godwin. Yeah, I, th- I think Miller could be a good start for you this weekend, and maybe even Tyler Johnson if you're really looking to if, if you're not sitting that good a receiver. And Tyler Johnson might be a decent start for you too. Um, but dynasty wise, um, I don't know how how valuable, valuable those guys will be um, redraft-wise, maybe just for a couple weeks, because if Antonio Brown is going to be in that offense, that could be pretty scary. If he's actually playing in that in that offense. I mean, I know he has to get through the whole suspension thing, and he has something else going on, but um, if he's actually playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that could be pretty scary. So, I do have some Antonio Brown stuff. Do you want to go into it now, or do you want to wait till we get to that section? We'll, we'll wait till we get to that section. Sure. <laughs> um, Austin Eckler isn't close to returning. Um, it, is there any? Do you see any separation between Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly? They've both been kind of disappointing. Um, I, Eckler was man; he was hot at the beginning of the year when he was playing, and I've, I'm an owner of Austin Eckler and. Uh, right when he went down, they said this is a serious hamstring. His hamstring, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, all the reports were this is serious, and Austin came out right away, and he said, I'm looking to get back earlier than what they're saying, which looked good, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon now. So uh, Justin Jackson, though, he's been uh, – since uh, week four when Austin Eckler went down, he's at 35 on uh, PPR, and uh, Joshua Keller's at 47 as far as running back rankings. So that neither one's doing a whole lot. Um, but I think the biggest factor for that is Herbert is the first in uh, points per game out of all quarterbacks since Austin Eckler went down, wow. which really surprised me. But I think that <clears throat> Chargers are just looking as that's how they're going to win is having Herbert throw it all over the place instead of relying on one of those two running backs. Yeah, and <laughs> Herbert's looked pretty damn good in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. It's, Blew it's me crazy. away. Yeah, I, I did not expect this from him. So, yeah, if, if that's what, what they're going to keep on doing, um, I get it. I mean, because it's somewhat working. I mean, they're not winning, but offensively they're scoring. 
So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm a Justin Jackson owner and a Joshua Keller owner in, in a couple of my leagues. So that's not – I mean, first of all, it's tough to decide who to start because my running backs aren't the greatest, and you know that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, once I do decide, I'm only getting like seven or eight points from from these guys. So it's been pretty disappointing. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to having Eckler come back so I don't have to start those guys so I can just focus on someone else. So. Yeah, that's that's my thought on that situation. It is. It's really surprising those two haven't done much to me anyway. Because uh, mm-hmm. Justin Jackson, he was better last year uh, once Melvin Gordon wasn't getting many touches, and Joshua Kelly looked like he's going to be good coming in, and neither one have really done much. Yeah. Andy Dalton um, concussion after that vicious hit. What, what do you think about that? I man, that hit was bad. <laughs> I know that much, but. Uh, I don't. The Cowboys look bad with Dalton, and they're going to look worse now. I think. I, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't want to be a owner of any of those receivers or any. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be a Zeke owner right now. That line's terrible. So. Yeah, that's that. That team is a mess right now. It's. I mean, there's there's all this talk about how nobody stood up to that guy after hitting I mean, Andy I don't Dalton. Know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's it sounds like a disaster. Honestly, the Dallas Cowboys should just let this Ben DiNucci, I don't even know if, if I'm pronouncing his name right, which is let him ride out the year, um, rest Zeke Elliott, let Tony Pollard play the rest of the year, and then and that offensive line, they went from great to being like the worst. And, yes, it's because of injuries, but I don't know if they just need to rest, the, rest those guys and save them for next year or, or what because it's, it's not looking good for the Cowboys right now. And, that's disappointing because they're only like what, like a half a game out of first place. Yeah. And that's the part that makes me think that they should go out and try to get a quarterback or something. Maybe yeah. see if Fitzpatrick's available, try doing something yeah. like that. Cause it's not going to take much to win that division. I don't think. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, it's a tough decision. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they pan out. For sure. Debo Samuel is going to miss a couple more weeks with the hamstring. So he's, he's had a pretty, pretty tough year so far this year. I, I know he's a good player and I've seen it. We even see, saw some glimpses of it this year already. And he just keeps on getting injured. And what do you think about Debo? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk though, if you're his owner, he's looking good this year and, He's kind of getting all those uh, different type of trick plays. He's running a lot and doing the things that Debo did. So if you're an Ayuk owner, it should be happy with that. Yeah. Not that yeah. anybody's happy if somebody gets hurt, but it'll <laughs> help your guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the future looks pretty good for the 49ers receivers, Scorp. So I'm and just to jump back uh, for Jeff Wilson, I forgot a couple of things about him. Um, for him being out and uh, my first thing is you got to pick up hasty in every league you're in and Mm -hmm. see if he's the guy because I looked it up and the 49er running back by week um, the first week Mozart was sixth overall in running backs McKinnon was 22nd second week Mozart was 16th McKinnon was 23rd third week Wilson was 10th McKinnon was 14th fourth week McKinnon was sixth fifth week Mozart was 21st sixth week Mozart was 25th and last week Wilson was the number one overall running back so every week, um, the 49ers running back at worst finished 25th. And most weeks they were – one of the running backs was in the top 20 for sure every week besides that, and sometimes two of them. So if you've got uh, if you've got McKinnon, if you've got Hasty, if you can go out and get Hasty, uh, who's ever running for the 49ers has done really well this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And even last year, they did a really good job. Whoever was running, Tevin Coleman did good at times, and then Mostert did good last year. So, and Hasty, he's he's actually. I mean, it seemed like he's playing more than McKinnon. I mean, at least he did last game. So Hasty might be the guy to own in that backfield, and he has a huge opportunity. Um, and Shanahan did say before last week um, that McK- he was trying to give McKinnon a break because he'd been running him so much. Yeah, I don't know how much that is uh, just coach talk and pumping your guy up or not, but yeah, we'll see who uh, Hasty looked good, and we'll see who he, they ride next week. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on to some good news. Enough about injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield looked great in a pretty fun game to watch. What did you think about that game? Well, I know you're the member of the Joe Burrow, I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield fan club. That's you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't give it much hope of Mayfield. Maybe he'll use that game to turn it around, but he just hasn't been good this year. And I know you've been saying that since the year started. I was kind of against you on that, but man, he was, uh, before the game, he was 26th overall in fantasy points for quarterbacks. And of course that game was big, but the Bengals have a terrible defense. So they're 27th in total, total yards given up and 28th in pass yards given up. So it was a fun game. And um, but if I was a Mayfield owner, I might be looking to see if I can get out of him now and maybe do a trade because I don't think that's going to continue. But we'll see. He's actually done better without OBJ. I saw some of yeah. those stats. So maybe they've been trying to force it to Odell Beckham a little too much, and Mayfield does better if he's just thrown to the open guy. But I, right now I still don't have much hope in Mayfield being the guy. He he's looks like he's more of a game manager, and we have a, almost two years of – stats to look at true true and i'm with you i've kind of i when you mentioned that um he might do better without odell i I get it i certainly do um i mean yes he probably could have been looking at odell as as his first option all the time maybe if he stops doing that and kind of looks all around the field maybe he will turn into a better quarterback and i mean that very well could happen but i mean he he looked great i mean the first quarter it was awful. It was awful. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he started out zero for five in an interception, yeah. and and on the interception, that's how Odell tore his ACL. So um, that that first first quarter was awful. But gosh, I don't have the stats in front of me. But he ended up with only one more incompletion, and oh my gosh, he he played really good. But yes, it was was against the Bengals, one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, so. I mean, he kind of turned around, and I get it. This might be a time where you look to sell him because he's looking better. But I don't know. Maybe maybe you hold on to him and see if he can bring this in the next week because maybe that Odell – that old Dell theory that you have, maybe he will. Maybe he will be <laughs> don't, don't put that on me. That's not my theory. That's just <laughs> something that could happen But because I don't believe in it um, yeah. right now. I I think we saw all of last year. This was his year. I think he had to make a jump because they had that running game going, and mm-hmm. he didn't. He could have done a lot of stuff with those weapons he had, and he just hasn't been the guy so far. So I wouldn't take this one game as he's the guy all of a sudden, but because 26 in fantasy points is not good. So – yeah. Uh, but on the other side, I know you're a big – you've been pumping that Joe Burrow train the whole time, and you've been right there. He's I can't believe he's 10th in fantasy points this year for quarterbacks. I, I can't believe he started this good, especially how bad that team is and how bad that offensive line is. He's getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> he's he's doing good. So he's been impressive. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I just, I'm liking Joe Burrow more and more every week. So he's <laughs> – He's one of my favorite dynasty quarterbacks to get in fantasy. He's fun to watch, and he is playing behind an awful, awful offensive line and horrible defense. I mean, Giovanni Bernard was his running back last week. Yeah. And T. Higgins is going to be a star because of Joe Burrow. So if you have the chance to get T. Higgins right now, he, he is about to blow up, and he's going to be a stud for the next eight years or so, as long as he has Joe Burrow as his quarterback. And Tyler Boyd, too. So um, if you're able to buy those guys on your fantasy team, do it. Do it now. And that that's the other impressive thing to me about Joe Burrow is he's already making receivers look better because he hasn't yeah. even done it with experienced receivers. A.J. Green's been nothing for him. He's turning these yeah. young guys into stars already. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't see that from young quarterbacks. That's usually an older quarterback that can do that for a young receiver. Yep. He's, he's definitely got the it factor, and you can clearly see it. It's, it's pretty cool. All right, next one. Chase Claypool falls back to earth with one catch for negative two yards. What do you think about that? Wow. I uh, I don't think it was too unexpected. It, I mean, just going from that extreme to the other is. But I, right now, Claypool is kind of their gadget guy, I think. Uh, he's going to get some carries. He's going to get some shorter passes, and they're going to have some swing passes for him. So when those gadget type plays aren't working, he's just not going to get the points. I don't think right now he's not a receiver that's going to catch 10 catches. I don't think. And with Deontay Johnson back, he looks like big Ben's favorite target. Every game he's been in has been really good and he's getting a lot more than uh, Juju is. So with uh, Deontay being back, I think that just, it hurts Claypool's value. And if he's not getting those kind of gadget plays working right, uh, he kind of needs those touchdowns to be a top end guy, I think. Right yeah. now, he's just a rookie, so it's nothing against him or anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I still like Claypool. 
Um, just Deontay Johnson is the guy there. Smith Schuster, um, he, he's there now, but um, I mean, there's all this talk about Smith Schuster is going to be going somewhere else next year. And Claypool, um, he, he'll be a stud in fantasy football again next year. So definitely hold on to him. Um, there's more good fantasy games to come and, and, and years beyond. So um, right, right, but right now, Deontay Johnson is the number one receiver there, and he's proven that with a with a good game. Nine catches for eighty yards for Deontay, um, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, yeah, yeah. And Smith Schuster had a good game too. Nine catches for eighty five yards, but he's so up and down. So, uh, I mean, he he might be worth a flex start, but it, he he kind of bothers me with how up and down he is. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't seem like that one guy. Like that, he had all the chances last year to be that one guy. I know Big Ben was hurt most of the year, but uh, Deontay's outshone him ever since. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of Pittsburgh wide receivers, we'll talk about an old Pittsburgh receiver. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get richer with Antonio Brown. So, what are your thoughts? I I think it's smart for the Brown. I mean, uh, for the Bucks. I think it's pretty low risk for him. The salary's nothing. Um, I, they're giving him quite a per game bonus too, so he just has to, to try to get him to keep his head straight to stay around every week, I guess. Because it's, I think it's a million dollar base, and then some hundred thousand something for every game after that. Uh, so it's low risk. If he starts doing any type of screw ups, um, they can cut him right away and not really be out anything. It's funny to hear the, uh, the oh, geez, the coach, Adrian's a. What the heck is his hey, name? Bruce Arians. Arians, geez. Um, where he said Tom didn't have a part of that decision was weird because, of course, Tom did. He's your quarterback. You're going to yeah. ask him about it. But anyway, um, it's probably too late to pick him up in your leagues because the news kind of broke right before the waiver claims last week. But if he is available, I'd take a shot at him. I did in all the leagues I could. Um, and if you if somebody else did pick him up, maybe try sending a low ball trade offer for him and see if he can get anything. Um, but I think it, for the Tampa Bay, it adds uh, some depth to a wide receiver position that's been a little bit in, injury prone the last two years. Godwin's missed uh, five games, I think, total the past two years, and he's missing a couple more now. Uh, Evans is usually pretty healthy, but he missed a couple last year. Miller's dealing with some injuries this year. He missed a game, and he's still they're talking about him still being hurt. Uh, so I think it's a good pickup for them. I think it's a good pickup if you can get him in a fantasy league still, even if you have to trade for him now. Uh, of course, there is risk, but I think the reward's there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And, I mean, the last game – I'm not counting last year's game with the Patriots. Yeah. But um, the last game Antonio Brown played for the Steelers, he, he was considered the best wide receiver in, yeah. in, in the NFL. And, I mean, I, I assume he's worked out somewhat the, the last year and a half or so. Um, and that's and, the one thing that everybody talks about him is that his work ethic is insane. That, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, he's a guy that hasn't been able to keep his head on straight, but he, they, everybody says he works out just crazy. Mm-hmm. And and now he might have Tom Brady as his quarterback. So, yeah. I mean, if if he's gonna actually play for the Buccaneers, I, and last thing I read on him, um, he's not playing this week, but I think yep. week nine, I think he could be eligible. But there's something about. Um, there's another court case that there the NFL might be investigating. So I don't know much about it. All I know if he's going to be on the field for the Buccaneers, um, you have to start him. So and I, I think he will do really good too. He will be their number one receiver. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin um, will have to step down. I mean, this this will be Antonio Brown's. Um, he's going to get a lot of the targets. Tom Brady's going to look for him. And he just seems like a Tom Brady type receiver. And I think Brady will absolutely love him. And he could, if he's actually going to play week nine on, he could win some people a fantasy championship. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of Antonio Brown, but I am very interested to to see if he's going to actually play for these guys. Cause I know he's a stud, but I just don't like him that much. The one uh, red flag for me, I guess, is the, traditionally the smart franchises all kind of passed on him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers, the Pats, the Seahawks, the, these teams that you think of where they run a tight ship and they don't want somebody that's going to get in there and mess up their chemistry all said no thanks. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of the red flag for me. But I looked up uh, how Antonio Brown finished between 2012 and 2018. He was drafted in 2010. And uh, 
these are how he finished as for wide receivers and PPR leagues in those six years. 32, 3, 1, 1, 1, 1, 5. He is the first receiver for four years, 2014 to 2017. Damn. So I that's not that long ago. And if man, if he can be anything close to that, that's a, it's a steal you can get at this point. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm interested. So I, and I think uh the best comparison I found for him is uh Julio Jones. They are Julio's thirty one, Brown's thirty two, and uh he had very he's similar to Brown in that same time period. He had uh uh, Julio actually had 1,300 more yards. Brown has had 16 more touchdowns in that time. But here's a something I found. They have played the exact same number of games in their career, 131. Really? So I think if you're thinking how Antonio Brown's going to be, I think looking at Julio is a good way to do that. I think he can be right there with him. Um, Brown's only missed three games in his career for an injury, and that was 2012. Julio had one year where he missed 11 games, so they have kind of the same injury history. Uh, so just if you're going to use that as a comparison, Julio this year is 11th in uh, points per game for PPR as a wide receiver. And that is with him being the second on his team to Ridley. So even if um, Brown comes in there and Evans is still the one guy or Godwin's the one guy, if he can be that two guy, I think he's going to be really productive still. Yeah. And you can, you're looking at if he's going to, I mean, if he's going to stay there and play every game, I think he can kind of pencil in to be a top 15 guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. That'll be fun to see. All right, let's let's talk about what we're gonna, what we're going to watch for for next week. Um, I think the I think the big talk in next week will be it's two a time in yeah. in Miami. Um, unfortunately, they play a really tough Rams defense. How was how Levi and I talked about it last week? Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this. How do you think Tua will mesh with Devontae Parker, Preston Williams? Do you think their fantasy value would go up or down or what are your thoughts i'd be happy if i had one of these receivers i i thought i didn't really do a lot of investigating until today i just in my head i'm like fitz has done well and I, maybe these receivers aren't going to benefit that much but fitz has done okay but he's 17th right now as far as points per game um in fantasy so he's not really lighting the world on fire like i thought he would and uh parker he's sitting at 34th in fantasy uh, receivers and preston williams is at 60 so um those guys aren't doing as well as i thought they were so if uh you're those guys i'd be happy with Tua because i'm a big Tua fan i i think he's gonna really do well i mean college hasn't seen a lot of guys that produced as well as he had especially right away so i don't think it's going to be a huge step up for him and I don't think they'd be looking at starting him now if he wasn't doing really good in practice because the team's looking for playoffs and Fitzpatrick was winning them games. So I think if they're throwing him in there, I think he's ready to go and I'd be excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited to watch him play. Um, and, yes, it, I was wondering last week why in the world they would they would bench Fitzpatrick when they're in a playoff run. They're, they're really close from being on top of the, vis- on top of the, the division with – the Bills not looking so good, and the Patriots not looking so good. So Tua's got a huge opportunity. He could be he could be the quarterback of a playoff team. So um, it's going to be tough this weekend, though. It's mm-hmm. the Rams defense, Aaron Donald. They're going to be going after him and trying to confuse him. So it'll be cool to see if Tua can read the read that defense and see what he does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, and Le'Veon Bell plays his old team, the New York Jets, this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets. That could be an ugly game, but do you expect a big game from Le'Veon Bell? Uh, you're a Chiefs fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to hear your thoughts on him first. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I think the Chiefs are going to kind of toy with the New York Jets, and I, <laughs> and I can see Le'Veon Bell having a pretty big game. They're going to try to make this like the – I don't know. They just want to make Le'Veon Bell look good. Because like, Le'Veon Bell, I think um, I, I read this stat last week, that Le'Veon Bell had one carry over 15 yards for the Jets yeah. in his whole career for, for the Jets. Yeah. And last week in his first game with the Chiefs, he had two carries for over 15 yards. So it only took a game for Le'Veon Bell to double his 15-yard carries. <laughs> So I think the Chiefs are just in a toy with him. He, he might get around 20, 20 
um, touches this game. I bet he'll he might even have a multiple touchdown game. So I, I think if you have Le'Veon Bell, I definitely think about starting him. Um, I w- unfortunately, I, you you kind of have to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire too, just because yeah. he's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, but I got this feeling that Le'Veon Bell is going to have a big game against against his old team. Uh, as for the rest of the year, what do you think about Le'Veon Bell and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? For the rest of the year, I, I think it'll be about 60-40. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will get about 60% of the touches, the running back touches, mm-hmm. and Le'Veon Bell might get it 40% of the, the running back touches. Um, I still think that puts Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, as a high running back two, and Le'Veon Bell might be a flex play throughout the year. So I, I think I think Le'Veon Bell is – really needed at, at the Kansas city chiefs because yeah. their backup running back position, just, it, it wasn't panning out. And could you imagine if, if Clyde Edwards Lair got hurt, they'd be starting Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson at, yeah. at running back. And that's just not going to That's not going to cut it, cut it if they want to win another super bowl. So I think it was a really good pickup to get Le'Veon Bell. I agree. If I'm a Clyde owner, I wouldn't, this one concerned me a whole lot adding Bell. Because I, I think this is more like you're saying for a backup because they didn't have anything. I think they were trying to keep some of that tread left on Clyde's tires because he's already – he's sixth in the league in rushing attempts. And they I mm-hmm. think that's just because they didn't trust those other backups. So I think they want to get some of those carries off of him, but I don't think they're looking at doing a timeshare or anything like that. I think they just needed – they needed a backup they could trust because he's sixth in rushing attempts, Clyde, but he's still efficient. He's almost five yards per carry. Yeah. So – I, uh, it's not like he wasn't doing well or anything like that. I think they just wanted a really solid backup and another weapon. I mean, Bell could be a weapon for him. So I, yeah. if I'm a Clyde owner, I wouldn't be too concerned. He might drop. He, I mean, he's getting 16 and a half rushes per game, which is just high for a rookie. I doubt Andy wanted to keep it that high. So he's probably going to drop down to that 14-ish range, but I don't think Bell's going to take a whole lot of touches from him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's exactly what I'm thinking, too. All right, let's move on to the Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. That'll be a heck of a game. Will the Ravens' defense slow down Big Ben and the Steelers? If any team's going to do it, it'd be the Ravens because they've had solid defense, but – Man, the Steelers look like I don't know what can slow them down right now. And because that Big Ben, when he starts throwing crazy passes, did you see that shot put throw he threw last game? No, I didn't. Oh man, <laughs> he completed big. it. It was nuts. It was he's like spinning around and didn't he just kind of shot put it at not ten yards down the field and completed it and then tried That's something similar ben. later. <laughs> tried something similar later and threw an interception. So <laughs> oh jeez. I mean, yeah. Big Ben was the reason they got out to the big lead and then the reason Titans came back because he just kind of seemed like he started screwing around. But uh, the Steelers are hot, and I don't think the Titans kept it that close. I think Big Ben just started getting a little crazy at the end. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Ravens might slow him down. What do you think? Um, I think it'll be a good game, one of the better games of, of the week. Um, I think it has the possibility of being a pretty high-scoring game, too. So if you have guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Conner, Big Ben, um, Eric Ebron, um, obviously Lamar Jackson, uh, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, you got to start a lot of those, a lot of these offensive players um, on your fantasy teams because it could be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, and that, that Ravens backfield still kind of scares me a little bit. Cause I mean, gosh, I mean, I've been kind of confused by it the whole year with Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Um, it, it cause they're, it seems like they're all just sharing. I mean, which is yeah. great. It was great for the team. It's just, um, man, I, I not for fantasy players though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it'll be a good game. I think the Steelers win. I think the Steelers are probably the best team in, in the NFL right now, e- even better than my Chiefs, I think. I'm kind of scared um, if they ever face each other in the playoffs. So, yeah, it, it should be a good game. Yep, I agree. All right. Um, some some guys you want to stay away from. These teams have bye weeks this week. The, the Cardinals have a bye week. Houston Texans the Jaguars, and the football team. They all have bye weeks this week, so look for their replacements. And a couple might, of big players there. Yeah, yeah. And you might have to replace the, those those players with 
um, our what to do part of the show um, where we talk about who to pick up on the waiver wire. So we'll first talk about who to pick up um, for redraft. Um, a guy that I was thinking about, I just got done talking about him was JK Dobbins. Um, I, I, I read somewhere that Mark Ingram is a little bit nicked up a little bit. Um, I think JK Dobbins could have the chance to have a pretty good end of the year, um, especially if Mark Ingram gets hurt permanently, or I just think he's, he's growing more as a running back, as an NFL running back. And they just had a bye week and maybe they're ready to give him a bigger role. So um, if he's on your waiver wire, definitely pick him up because you never know. You just take a chance on him. And um, what are your thoughts on Dobbin? Do, do you like that? I don't, I do just for the, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but you do want to hold him for when that, if he ever does get that chance to be the number one guy. So yeah. I like that pick. Okay. Um, I am, uh, I am, I do want to hear your case in this next pick though. <laughs> All right. I, I wrote him down. I wrote him down. Yeah. Um, because he's probably going to be a pretty popular redraft waiver pickup. And it's the new Dallas Cowboys quarterback, <laughs> at least until Andy Dalton wants to come back. Maybe he doesn't even want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ben DiNucci, um, I'm sure he's probably going to be picked up in a lot of leagues. Um, definitely not as high on him as I was with Andy Dalton. Um, honestly, I mean, especially if it's not a super flex league, I think you stay away. <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about him. Um, maybe he ends up being pretty good. And if he is good, he has a pretty good team surrounding him. So maybe you could take a chance on him. I wouldn't spend very much on him, but I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys seem to be pretty awful and maybe, maybe he'll spark the team. I, I don't know. But what are your thoughts on him? I got to bail on you here. I can't, <laughs> I can't agree with this. The, Andy Dalton's been terrible, even with all those weapons. Uh, he's been in the last two weeks combined. Uh, he's 31st for quarterbacks. Uh, and that is, he's the only one. I mean, he basically lasts. There's nobody below him that started any games. So, or started two games because he's had two starts underneath his belt. So if Andy Dalton can do it, I don't know if <laughs> what the heck's his name coming in is going to do it. Ben DiNucci. Yeah. Where is he from? Oh, North Dakota was, State or something? South Dakota no, State? No, it was a small college. It wasn't that, yeah. that though. So <laughs> Yeah, if you want to go for it, uh, if, <laughs> I, I, I'm making fun, but if he does get it together, he has the weapons. And anybody that goes in that offense and can throw the ball downfield, should have some success, but yeah, I, I'd find anybody else <laughs> before yeah. Ben DiNucci. Yeah, Hope, hopefully you don't have to start him next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's from James Madison. That's right, yeah. All right, who's your big redraft pickup for this week? So this surprised me. Um, Chase Edmonds is still available. I looked it up, uh, 67% of ESPN leagues. So it's uh, he might be there. Go check, and he's been good on his own – or good with – uh, Kenyon Drake there still. And now he's got a couple of weeks where he's probably going to be the lead guy, like we were talking about earlier. So if you go check it, if he's there, pick him up. Yeah, I'm with you. Good offense. And he got a lot of catches um, on Sunday nights. Yep. Um, let me see how many catches he had. Seven catches for 87 yards. And he had five carries for 58 yards. So that's a really good game. And he's almost for a uh, running back to be it. He's almost at five, five catches per game. Um, if you're in a PPR league, that adds up pretty quick and you have uh-huh. a good, a good uh, floor on what you're going to get with that many catches. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to dynasty waiver wire. Who, who's your big pickup for dynasty waiver wire? I uh, talked about him a little bit earlier, but hasty. Um, if, he, if he's the guy in the 49ers backfield, uh, you're going to do well. <laughs> so if you can get one of the lead backs for the 49ers, um, hang on to him. And one of these weeks when everybody else is down, he might be a lead guy and they're going to be top 15 running back. Yeah, I, I like it. He, he seems to have a nice little burst. And I remember him in college and I remember he was pretty good in college too. So yes, definitely grab him if if you're looking for a running back on your dynasty team. And for dynasty, those other Niners running backs are getting a little bit up there in age. Um, McKinnon's 28. Tevin Coleman, he's got to be right there somewhere too. And uh, Mozart, he's over 25, I think. So um, Hasty would be the youngest guy, and maybe those other guys are starting to move on after this year or next year. He might might be the lead guy. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, a guy that I'm looking at is DJ Dallas. We 
briefly touched on him earlier. And um, you guys know that I like DJ Dallas. He might have a huge opportunity this weekend, and um, it'll be fun to see to see what he can do. Hopefully, he gets 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 in there. Um, I'm actually kind of hoping that Travis Homer and Carlos Hyde sit out so we see all DJ Dallas. But that's <laughs> that's me being selfish. Do you like DJ Dallas for for waiver wire pickup? I don't yet, um, just because they haven't given him a lot of chances yet. And he, uh, those guys might be hurt, but he's still stuck behind some guys right now. So um, if it is his time, then he'd be great because he's ever the back, who's ever in the backfield. That offense too is going to do well. And so I don't not like it, but I still think there's a couple guys in front of him right now. And but for Dynasty, you got a long time on those. Okay. And for now, for the last couple guys I want to talk about, this is. Um, a pair of teammates, and they have a big opportunity, and they actually looked pretty good this last weekend, too. Um, since Odell Beckham got hurt, um, Rashard Higgins, Cleveland Browns wide receiver, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, I'd say pick them up in redraft and dynasty. These guys um, might be benefiting with Baker Mayfield playing better. So if Mayfield is playing better, um, these guys will be the beneficiaries. And Jarvis Lander really hasn't shown us much this year. And I actually think Richard Higgins will be the Browns' new wide receiver one. And I think he will surpass Odell Beckham, obviously, because he's hurt and um, Jarvis Landry. So I, I'm expecting big things for Higgins. So maybe Higgins might be a flex start for you guys. So um, what are your thoughts on those two players? I agree. Um Jarvis Landry, he just hasn't really found his footing there and uh, with the Browns. he's So I don't know if it's going to be without OBJ now or not. Um, it's definitely good to take a flyer on one of these guys because somebody has to fill in uh, some quite a few catches now that OBJ is gone. All right. Speaking of OBJ, we got a listener question. I, I love these things. <laughs> this, this is from Tyler Harbeck. Um, I actually play in a couple – dynasty leagues with Tyler um I I don't know him personally um I've just texted him a few times and um just play with him in fantasy football and he he's a listener so that's that's awesome um his question was where does Adele Beckham rank for you in dynasty after his injury who are some players you would trade him for and who are some picks that you trade him for what are your thoughts Trevin uh so I'm still pretty high on him. I just, I know he's had some rough years in Cleveland, um, but I kind of want to start this question by asking you a question, Brent. Okay. I've got, I've got a comparison for him too. Uh, where would you, what would you trade for Allen Robinson? Mm. Let's just about, do, uh, let's about, do draft picks right now. Okay. Before draft we players. Picks. Yeah. Yeah. In Dynasty, I'd give a first rounder for Allen Robinson. And so would I. And I think these two are pretty similar. Um, they've just to uh, Robinson's had 79 games. OBJ's at 82. They're drafted the same year. Um, they're very similar on touchdowns. Robinson has 53. OBJ has 51. Uh, but Beckham actually has 1,500 more yards than him, uh, 6,800 yards to 5,300 5, yards. And the reason those two have similar stats, but Allen Robinson also tore his ACL uh, the first game of the 2017 season. So I think it's a good comparison for these two as far as what you can expect. Um, Robinson was uh, – he came back from the ACL in 2018 because he tore it in 2017. He was 40th that year um, for wide receivers. So it can show you that Beckham might not be the guy next year still. Um, but ever since then, in 2019, Robinson finished eighth, and then 2020 he finished 11th. Or not finished, that's still – going on but I I wouldn't be too afraid of Robinson I mean uh, Beckham in the long term I think he's still got some I, I I would get him still if you can I I like him I and for how his career started you don't see that kind of start and all of a sudden they're not good anymore he he had one of the best starts it's like him and Randy Moss are the only guys that had starts like he did so I, I think it's more of a situation in Cleveland I don't like Baker really like I talked about earlier I don't think the organization's very good there to let him shine. So if he can get out of there, especially, I'd love it. Even if he's still there, I don't mind it. Yeah. That's kind of my take on it. I wouldn't even, if I could get a first round for Beckham, I'd trade that in a heartbeat if I could get him that way. 
I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's, um, I would like it if he did go to another team. Like, can you imagine if he played for the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that'd be awesome. Um, but even if he went, if even if he stayed at Cleveland, which I don't think he, I don't think he will. It's just not working out between him and the Browns. I definitely want to see him at a different team. Yeah. Um, but even if he does happen to say the Browns, I won't like him as much. Um, but I, I still like him. I, I, draft pick wise, I think he's definitely worth a first round pick. Now, if you're the worst team in your in your league and you're looking that you're looking like you're going to get like a top three pick, maybe yeah. not. I'd maybe want to keep that. Um, but definitely for any any other first pick, I think he's definitely. Definitely worth it. Um, I mean, he's Odell Beckham. He's a great, great wide receiver, great route runner, and I mean, he's still somewhat young. I mean, like you, you compare him to Allen Robinson. So yeah, the other yeah. comparison I missed with those two is they are both twenty-seven. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. So they're they're not that old. I know I'm just throwing Robinson in with them, but uh, Beckham's not that old. And you look at these numbers for his first three years, you just don't go from being that good immediately to then not being good. He had thirteen hundred yards his first year. 1,400 second, 1,400 again is third. He's just lighting the world on fire immediately. And you just – ever since then, um, he did fracture his ankle then in 2017 and missed some games. And then Giants lost uh, – Eli was out, so he kind of QB transitioned and then moved over to Cleveland. So he hasn't had the numbers since he got to Cleveland, but I don't think that's really his fault completely. <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Cleveland's the place. Yeah, I'm with you. A couple of questions for you. Yeah. Would you in Dynasty? Would you rather have Odell Beckham or Robert Woods? Uh, Beckham. Um, Odell Beckham or uh, Debo Samuel? Oh, probably still Beckham. Just with the word Debo is, I don't know if he is going to get the chance to just be the number one guy. Just because Shanahan spreads it around so much. Okay. One more. One more. Beckham or Will Fuller? Oh, Beckham. I don't. I I do not like Will Fuller. He's a good player, but I can't. I don't like a guy that's hurt as much as he is. All right. Same with me. Same with me. All right. All right. Thank you for the question, Tyler. We appreciate it. Keep on sending them. All right. This next this next um, session we have is it's called Brent's DFS Corner. Um, what well, what we do is we pick the captain of this Thursday this Thursday night's game, and that's the Falcons at Carolina. And um, my captain that I would choose would be Teddy Bridgewater. He's worth 15900 bucks. I think the Panthers win this game. The Falcons have a horrible defense. And I, th- I see Bridgewater throwing it around everywhere. And um, I thought about DJ Moore. I really did. But I, 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 found it, I, I kind of capped him at one touchdown. I think he'll kind of spread it around. And maybe Mike Davis will get a, a receiving touchdown. Robbie Anderson might get another so I think Bridgewater can get maybe three, maybe if I'm lucky, four touchdowns. So um, he'd be my captain for the week. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think about picking Bridgewater? Do you think he's going to have a good game on Thursday night? I like it. Um, he's been solid this year, and he's getting better kind of as the year goes on, I think, as he's getting more familiar with his teammates. Um, Panthers are doing better than I thought they would, and he's mm-hmm. a big part of that. I know Robbie Anderson, he's kind of made him into a star. If you've got Robbie, you're happy about Bridgewater being there. So – I like the pick, and Falcons have a terrible defense. Whatever, whoever the quarterback <laughs> is on the other side should get some extra points just from that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, I think we made it. I think we made it through, Trevin. Hope, yeah, I hope we made wow. Levi proud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll close on this. So thanks, thanks a bunch for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. Um, we'll have a new episode for you next week, along with the new fastest two minutes. Until then, we want to wish you good luck in week eight. See ya. See ya.